Welcome to a more beautiful life collective. We know that in the hectic hurry of everyday life, it's easy to lose sight of what really matters. This is a moment to pause and realign your focus on the one who gives us peace and rest. We are focusing on discipleship, productivity, and homemaking as we live with eternity in mind. This is the place where you'll learn to create a life you love and cultivate your heart for God. Hello and welcome to a more beautiful Life Collective podcast. I'm Casey Fletcher and this is season one, episode 14. I hope you're enjoying your holiday weekend. We are gearing up for Thanksgiving and thinking about Christmas and I'm just so excited. The holidays are definitely one of my favorite times of the year. There's so much rich tradition, both in cultural and church traditions, but also just in my family. Every year, it's like putting on my favorite cozy sweatshirt and nestling in my favorite place on the couch. Traditions can do that. One tradition that we used to do when I was growing up was reading Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. We would pull out the book a few weeks before Christmas and read a few pages after dinner each night until we finished it. Another Christmas tradition when I was very young was to read Twas the Night Before Christmas on Christmas Eve. We all have traditions, and around Christmas, many of those traditions seem to center around books. Whether it's reading a favorite book, the Christmas story, gifting each other a novel on Christmas Eve, as the Icelanders do for Yala Boca Flood, or creating a Christmas advent calendar out of favorite Christmas picture books, Christmas seems to go hand in hand with books. Last week, we talked all about the habit of reading. We talked about why so many people choose to be illiterate and why reading itself is something pretty profound and life-changing. We are giving up a lot when we choose not to read, whether that's the ability to think deeply about a topic or the ability to enter into that great conversation of ideas. If you haven't listened to the episode, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it because I think it's so important to understand the benefits of reading as we talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is how to create a lifestyle of reading. Because this lifestyle of reading, if you create this, you're automatically going to have the habit of reading built into your life. But a lot of times that also spills over into other areas of your life or into other people in your life. If you have a lifestyle of reading, you are going to have the habit of reading, but also your kids and other family members are, and you're also going to reap the benefits of that. One of the things we talked about in the last episode was how a habit of reading can basically create a lifelong learner in you because you're always pursuing new topics, new habits, new hobbies, uh, better ways of living. And so knowing that you're creating that in yourself, you can also inspire other people if you have that habit of reading. Other people will also be motivated to pursue that themselves. But obviously this is easier said than done. I think most of us or all of us have been told that reading a real book is something that we should do. However, actually making that habit is trickier. So today what we're going to do is we're, we're going to have a, a slightly shorter episode today because of Thanksgiving, and we're going to focus on some practical tips for how to create a reading habit. Now, if you are already a big reader, this should motivate you. Maybe you give you a few ideas of how you can grow in that habit. Um, if you're kind of on the fence, this can kind of get you thinking about ways that maybe you could incorporate just a few of these things into your life. You can also take some of these tips and tricks and you can apply them to other habits in your life to create those habits. So like I said, here are some tips to create a reading habit. The first is to set a goal. Reading can seem sometimes unproductive, but we saw that many 
successful people dedicate time to it every day. That was one of the things we talked about in the last episode that most CEOs have a uh, habit of voracious reading. So some of them read, you know, one, two, or three hours a day. And the rewards that you reap are plentiful like we talked about in the last episode, it can be helpful to add some motivation by setting a goal for yourself of what you want to achieve in your reading life. So every January, I set a goal on my Goodreads account for how many books I want to read. So generally, I say about 52. So that's one book a week. Whenever I was in college, I uh, the most I read was around 80 books. And then whenever I started working, obviously, that number went way down. I think Uh, My first year, whenever I was first teaching, I read about 35 books. So that's still quite a few. Um, And the bulk of that reading was in the summertime. But since I started setting a goal for 52 books, I've read more and more, getting back closer to those numbers that I read whenever I was in college. So the first year, I remember it was like Christmas, and I had read, I think, 49 books, and I think I finished my 52nd book on New Year's Day. Um, Then last year, I passed that goal. I think I read like 55, maybe 56, and this year, I am actually at 70 books, I think. And so, you know, I'm staying home, so I have a little bit more time throughout the day to read, Um, but you know, even last year when I I was working full time, I still was keeping up with that reading habit. So setting a goal really has helped me to read more books. You could also set a goal of how many pages you want to read a day, but I don't really think this this is as effective. And I think primarily the reason why is because if you set a number of books, you can see that number tick up. Even if you read, you know, Kindle books or audio books, just seeing that number that you finished will motivate you. If you read the physical books, you can see your stack of books get higher and higher. And it just feels like you're accomplishing something. So it's satisfying to see uh, that number tick up on a reading challenge. Another goal could center around the types of books that you want to read. So I have a bookshelf in my house that's dedicated to all the books that I own that I haven't read. And I think that's helpful. You know, you might have a shelf. One, it helps you to have like a to be read stack or a TBR. You know, that's how it's abbreviated if you see it online. Um, but you could also have just a shelf collecting those books can be good because sometimes I think we don't realize all the books that we have spread out throughout the house. So collecting them and setting them in one place can be helpful just to keep you kind of on track for what you want to read. And I also read a ton of books from the library. So I have, you know, a set of books on hold and that also can motivate me to, uh, try to finish it before the library hold is, uh, due and I have to get it back. Um, I've also participated in a reading challenge. So you can find tons of those online. There's ones from, you know, reading a book for every letter of the alphabet. So you're reading at least 26 books. I've seen uh, books that are all like the same color. I've seen books about a certain topic. Uh, One of my favorite is done by um, one of the ladies I listen to that she has a great podcast called Finding Joy in Your Home Podcast. It centers more on mothering and productivity and more like a natural lifestyle. And she has tons of recommendations for different types of books that you could read. And what she does is she, um, and I think this is great, you want to make sure that you're reading lots of nonfiction. So for me, I don't really have to motivate myself to read novels. So I really want to read more nonfiction, especially Christian nonfiction. So things that are helping me live a better life as far as being a Christian goes. And so she has a recommendation for each type of book. So she has a recommendation for parenting, marriage, uh, a 
like theological books, so maybe talking about a certain topic um, theologically. And so she has, and then a biography as well. And so she says each month you rotate the type of nonfiction book you want to read. So again, you're reading, you know, 12 books, or if you're reading, you know, a book every two months, um, maybe you're reading six books a year. But again, that just kind of helps you to have a wide range of reading. So it's not just books that you bought one day, you know, on a whim um, that's sitting on your shelf. Instead, you're also pursuing other books that are going to help you grow as a Christian. So I really like that. And I think that's good to have that wide array of reading. It could be, you know, that you are in a different situation. So maybe you have a book that you add in there about your job so that you want to, you know, if you own a business or, you know, if you're a teacher or something like that, you're having a book you know, at least every couple months that's helping you think more deeply about your business life. Reading productivity books always motivates me to be more productive and learn new things, reading books about habits. So all of that can be helpful. The second tip that I have is to make it easy. So I can't talk about having a vibrant reading habit without talking about how to create the habit of reading. Like all habits, you want to make sure that you pay attention to a few things um, that we talked about in episode two of the podcast. So first, you want to make the habit of reading as easy as possible. Part of this is making sure that you take the time to think through when you're going to add that routine to your life. So for me, if I know that I want to read more, then I need to make sure I think in the morning, okay, where am I going to add this into my day? Am I going to read a little bit, you know, after I do my Bible reading? I'm sitting drinking my coffee. Do I want to read them? Do I want to read at night? So sometimes the best way is if you have gotten into a habit of turning on the TV or maybe scrolling on social media, you know, after you put the kids to bed, instead of picking up the remote, you say, okay, I'm going to pick up a book. That can be a really great way of adding in that time of reading. If you have a long commute, you could download a few audiobooks to listen on your way. The library, I think every, uh, you know, every state has this. If you look up on your library's website, you can download Libby and then you can get library books from Libby. Yes, there's holds sometimes, but again, I'm never, I never have uh, too little to read. So even if you have to wait for a book for a little bit, you're always going to have another book that you can listen to or you can listen to podcasts. So because I love listening to podcasts, I use my, you know, car time or if I'm like cleaning or something like that, I listen to mostly podcasts. And so I don't really listen to audiobooks quite as much. And I also prefer to read physical books. So I don't really use, you know, a Kindle or the library also has like where you can download ebooks. So everybody, you need to figure out what works for you and then make it as easy as possible. So you want to make sure that one, you enjoy the experience. So if you really don't like sitting down and reading a physical book, I think it's good for you to do that. Uh, But Make sure then that you are incorporating other ways of including reading in your life, which means listen to an audiobook, or maybe you don't like having the clutter of physical books in your house. Maybe that means that you get a book from the library so you can return it and you don't have to, you know, spend money on that thing, or you could get a Kindle um, ebook and then that way you don't have to lug it around. And so you can think about the thing that's going to make it as easy for you as possible and then you want to do that thing. Now, you also have to think about the fact that if you're looking at an ebook, you know, it's a different reading experience and you have to bring in the fact that you're bringing in more screens in your life. And so you just want to make sure that you find that balance of what you will actually do versus what's the best option for you to do. So I think you need to make it as easy as possible. 
For me, one of the things that I do is I also make sure that I have a book basically everywhere that I could possibly read. So I normally read before bed. So I have a stack of books by my bed. Normally that's whenever I'll do my like fiction book. And so I'll read, you know, a few pages before I go to sleep. And normally a fiction book will keep me awake. And so uh, I actually will get a little bit of reading done. I also might read in the morning. So I have a book right by, you know, a chair in my living room. I also uh, have a book that I kind of carry around with me. Um, A lot of times my kids, whenever they're outside, we play a lot outside. And so, you know, I'm not always doing something like working outside or something like that, weeding the garden. And so while I'm watching them, I will read. And so because I kind of carry a book around with me, I might read a page or two, but reading that page or two, I'm closer to finishing that book. And I also make use of that time. I try to make sure that I don't automatically pick up my phone. That's the thing that I want to do. And so what I do instead is I remind myself to pick up a book instead while I'm watching the kids or something like that. And then that helps me to uh, read more. It's really important that you recognize that a couple of pages here and there while you're reading will ultimately result in you finishing a book. I think many people, and this is with any habit, they feel like, oh, if I don't do this thing and I don't, you know, spend an hour reading, what's the point? It's not really worth it. But that is totally not true. It's more important to be consistent than to do one thing really big at one time. And that's true with daily Bible reading. It's so much more important to open your Bible and read a few verses every day than to sit once a month and read your Bible for four hours, catching up with your Bible reading plan. You're going to see more growth over the long run if you open it up and read a chapter a day. And so use those pockets of time that you would spend, you know, looking at your phone, watching TV, uh, you know, aimlessly doing something else, playing video games. Use that pocket of time and invest in yourself by reading and learning and growing. It's also important to keep it interesting. So this is something that you may have caught from, you know, public school or college or just kind of like the tendency, I think, of everyone in the world is that, okay, if you start a book, you feel like you have to read the whole thing and only that thing until it's done. And so some of you guys, you may have started a book, yeah, I don't know, two years ago, and you're still reading that book and you want to finish it and you feel like you have to finish that one before you start another one. And then because of that, you get into uh, what's called a, a reading slump and then you haven't picked up your book in a year and you feel like you still need to finish it and you're like, I don't even want to open up this book. So you do anything other than the thing that you want to do, which is finish the book and move on. And so you're just kind of stuck in this rut of not reading. So I think this really, truly kills your reading habit. And I also think it gets to the point where maybe you feel like you should read certain types of books and you're not. And then basically you're saying, I'm not going to read anything. So you don't even know what you like to read because the types of books that you feel like you should read are books that you don't enjoy. So I think what you need to do is you need to basically always pick up the book that you want to read at that moment. And so really that means you're always in the middle of several books at once and that you feel okay sometimes not finishing a book. So for me, I think you should always, and we're going to talk about this in a second, uh, you should always be in the middle of at least three books. But for me, 
on my Goodreads, I can keep track of all the books that I've started that I haven't finished. And I think I'm like at 25 right now and I'm in the middle of them. And they're books that I still have sitting on my shelf um, and I could pick them up any day, but I just haven't yet. And the reason why is because I like to keep it interesting. I like to read the book that I wanna read. Sometimes I'll feel motivated to finish a book. Uh, one good example is I read The Count of Monte Cristo, which is a great book. Everybody should read that book. But it's also like the unabridged version is 1,300 pages. I mean, it's long. And so what I did is I read that book over the course of, I think it was two and a half years. And so basically I treated it like a novel. So a normal novel that if you pick up a book at like Barnes & Noble or something, is about 200 to 300 uh, pages. So I would read about 200 pages in the book and then I would just leave it on my shelf. And then maybe six months later, I'd read another 200 pages. And I did that over the course of several years. And because of that, I finished The Count of Monte Cristo, but I also finished a whole bunch of other books. I didn't get myself get stuck in a rut because if I just read that one book, that probably would have been the only book that I finished that year because it's so big and it is a little bit drier, a little bit more dense. Uh, the story is very good, but just the language is a little bit more elevated than some of the more common books that you read today. Um, so I enjoy reading multiple books at the same time with novels that can be kind of tricky sometimes because you forget what happens. But I think with any nonfiction book, you really can be in this, the middle of several different ones and you don't really forget what they're talking about because, you know, if you're reading a book about habits, like you hopefully remember what you've learned about habits. And the good thing about physical books is you can just kind of skim through the pages at the beginning and then pick right up with where you uh, your bookmark is and then you're, you're off and you can read um, the rest of it and finish it. So I think it's good to pick up whatever you're interested in at that moment. Charlotte Mason actually recommends that you always be in the middle of reading a stiff book, an easy book, and a novel. So I'm going to explain what those are. And I think this is good for you to kind of stretch your reading and also figure out what you actually enjoy reading. So a stiff book, and this is Charlotte Mason's term, but this is a book that's challenging to read and one that's challenging your thoughts. So this could be maybe a dense theological book, a classic, or maybe one of Charlotte Mason's volumes herself, which if you haven't read those, this is a homeschooling uh, book that's popular in homeschooling circles, but she actually was a teacher back in uh, the late 1800s, early 1900s, that has kind of created this philosophy um, that several people who are in the homeschooling world today follow, but she actually taught in a, I guess there is a public school, but you know, it's the private school um, in, in England. Um, but what she recommends is that reading a difficult book, it's going to stretch and strengthen both your reading abilities and also what you're thinking about. If you are reading just a stiff book, which sometimes we can feel like we kind of have to read these, you know, really dense books, that can kind of be a recipe for getting you in a reading slump. But it's important to grow and read these things. It's kind of like Mon The Count of Monte Cristo, which that one, again, is a, it's a good story. So you could also kind of lump that in with like maybe a novel. But any of these books, maybe like Plato's work or Augustine's Confessions or modern philosophy like Nietzsche or Freud, these things are things that I think are good to read because they help you understand the current times, they stretch you, it helps you understand, you know, people talk about Nietzsche and they don't know really anything that he wrote other than the fact that people talk about him. But understanding what he actually wrote, you can kind of sift through some of the voices of culture today that reference him all the time. And so I think reading these things are important, 
But you don't want that to be all you read because you'll hate reading if because if, it is dry. It's not. It's more boring. It's more of a slog. It's more something that you have to get through, even though it's good. And so um, I would recommend doing this in little short spurts. Uh, one of the things that Charlotte Mason always talks about is you want short lessons. And so for you, you're basically giving a short lesson for yourself. So what I do is I read about three pages. Um, right now, I'm actually reading through Charlotte Mason's books. And so I read three pages in the morning. You know, it's first thing in the morning, I'm fresh. I normally do it right after I do my Bible reading. And so I just tack it on and I stop myself after three or three to five pages. So that's about five to 10 minutes. Anybody could add that into their day, but it's helping me get through her books while also not making that the sole focus of my reading life. So I'm still reading quite a bit more. The next type that's important to have is an easy book. Now, easy book is exactly what it sounds like. Normally, it's nonfiction or history or biography that um, is helping you learn and grow, but it's a quick read. I've always found that if I'm interested in a new hobby or topic, reading about it is always going to help me jumpstart that thing. So uh, case in point, when I wanted to declutter my house. I got Marie Kondo's book on decluttering and another book called The Clutter Fix and both were great and they both helped motivate me and gave give me tips to get started on what I needed to do. So you just pick one, jump in. Normally they're quick reads. These books will take you a few days to a week to finish but they help you round out your knowledge about what you're learning and they also keep you motivated. One um, highly recommended habit is to regularly read biographies of others, especially strong Christians. And sometimes reading their stories helps you to grow and kind of keeps you motivated for how to kind of pursue the, the Christian life in the kingdom always. So that is another great option for books that can keep you motivated and learning and growing but also they'll help you to enjoy reading. Um, lastly, we have novels. And I would also include maybe some like nonfiction, like true crime or things like that. Um, as a reader and an English major, a former reading teacher, novels hold a special place in my heart. And I think it's funny, you know, some people think that novels aren't really, you know, real reading. They feel like they're kind of a waste of time. And other people, they think that, you know, if you said, hey, I'm a reader, probably the thing that people think that you're talking about is that you read a whole bunch of novels, fiction, fantasy novels. Um, really, if our goal in life is to learn and grow, novels can truly help us to do that. But you have to be discerning about what you read. You know, some novels are trashy entertainment that can be fun to read, but you just have to accept that that's what you're doing. You're being entertained. It's not necessarily something that you're learning and growing through that. I love YA fantasy, which that's like young adult fantasy, but I'm not really expanding my mind whenever I'm reading those things. Some novels truly can change your life because they put you into other people's shoes. They help you realize things about yourself and other people. They help you to understand culture better. Um... A lot of classics help you to understand that. And even contemporary literary fiction can help you to grow. But others are just fun. And that's a good thing. A good thriller can pull you out of your reading slump. Uh, so for those of you who say that you hate reading and you think it's a waste of time, if I put the right novel in your hands, um, I bet that I could get you to love it. So I think novels are important because they help us to enjoy reading. They help us to learn about other people. But then also I think that you have to be aware of what you're reading. Again, you have to be discerning. I was listening to a podcast and one of the things that they said was 
you know, you have dangerous books. Right now we are hearing a lot of talk. If you follow anything on the news about reading and education, um, you hear a lot of talk about banning books and what makes a dangerous book. What the person on the podcast was saying is really a dangerous book is something that you see evil and you in, you look at that thing and you say, I want that evil. And that's a dangerous book. But honestly, that's a dangerous show. That's a dangerous uh, song. So there's some things that you read that it depicts pretty terrible things. You know, maybe you would say, okay, your kids, you wouldn't want your kids to read it, but you could read it. Um, I'll mention a book later on that I would include in this category. But those books, they don't make you love evil. They make you hate evil, even though they depict some things that are pretty terrible. And so that isn't a dangerous book, but instead it helps you to see what makes something evil. And it helps you say, we yearn for God to come back. And we also yearn to stop this injustice in the world. I think of some of like the true crime books that are kind of, or some of these, I've just been reading through some of the memoirs of popular people in culture. And they mentioned some of the things that they had to grow up and experience. And I wouldn't say that that says, hey, I want to, it doesn't make you want to live like these people. Instead, it gives you empathy for some of the people, you know, famous people in the world. And it also helps you say, well, look, there's a better way. So I think it's important to use discernment while you're reading. If you are reading a book and it makes you want to pursue evil, or if you're watching a show and it makes you want to pursue evil, or if you're listening to a song and it makes you want to pursue evil, then that is something that's dangerous. And that's something that you need to have discernment to say, no, I don't want this in my life. But I think some novels, they don't make you want to do that. Instead, they show you what's good and true and beautiful, but they just do it through story. And most of the Bible is written as a story or it uses these word pictures. And so I think it's important to learn through story. And to also, you know, there's right now it's popular. I think people are being reawakened to the fact that the Bible can be read as literature but, you know, some of these people, they're like, eh, but other literature, I think is stupid. <laughs> like, you want to make sure that you, if you think that the Bible can be read as literature, it's important that you understand how to read literature to begin with. And so to do that, you actually have to read literature. You have to read books and stories that help you to understand the world more deeply. So all of this is to say, if you find that there's a book that you can't get through, especially an easy book or a novel that just didn't turn out to be what you were expecting or you think it's bad or it's dangerous, you don't feel like you have to finish it. You know, life's too short to read bad books, whether they're bad because they're morally bad or bad just because they're written poorly. Um, But also you want to make sure that whenever you have that moment to read and you're like, I just really want to read this book or you find you're getting distracted, you want to stare at your phone instead, pick up another book um, and that will help you get through that reading slump. Now, My next tip is to talk about what you read. I think the best way to go through the process of setting goals for reading and reading is in community. You can join a book club. You could gather up some friends and create your own book club uh, to discuss the books that you're reading. You could read through a book with your spouse. You could talk over a book with your children, or you could even start a blog or write online about what you're learning and reading. Once you have read something that's really 
that really interests you and you think is worthwhile, pass on that reading recommendation to someone else. So let's say you read a book on parenting that's helped you to be more committed to your kids and a better parent overall. Wouldn't it be great if everyone that you knew was able to go through that change and they became a better parent? By creating a group culture that pursues this reading and learning, whether it's listening to an audiobook, recommending a podcast, recommending a book and passing it around, a group culture that values those things, learning and growing and pointing others in the right direction, that's lifting your whole community up. That's strengthening everyone. And so we want to be a people that pursues that, not a people that mocks other people for wanting to learn and grow. So now what? You need to find your next great read. So checking out popular book lists will help you to build out your to-be-read list and your own personal library. So I have on my Amazon, I have like, I don't know, there's probably a thousand safer later things. So a lot of times on Amazon, I don't buy, you know, everything that I add to my cart. Instead, what I do is I add a whole bunch of books or a whole bunch of things to my cart. And then if I can't, buy it at that moment. I'll just save it for later. And so I've gotten quite a big book list just on Amazon um, that I just keep there. A lot of times what I'll do is if I see it on there, I might, you know, go to my library then and then add it as a hold on my library. Uh, Some people, they keep a list in their planner or maybe on uh, their phone of books that they want to read. So I think it's really important if you are wanting to read more, you don't feel like you need to buy all of the books that you own. You can, you know, get some fairly cheaply uh, from, you know, Goodwill or uh, some used bookstores in your community, but definitely use the library. Our library checks lets us check out 20 books per person and they don't even do fines. So you can hold your book for even if it takes you a little bit longer than six weeks or whatever the maximum time is to borrow a book. Um, I find that I read more whenever I use the library because I can get books that I'm interested in right at that moment because I don't have to like save up money to purchase the books. And then I also have a deadline to return them. So I say, oh, I have to finish it by this moment. And so what I've done is, you know, if I listen to a podcast and they mention a book and it sounds interesting, I just go ahead and uh, get that book on hold from my library. And our library is really good about getting books that are, you know, up to date, that are really popular. And almost every book that I hear mentioned, I can get from my library. Sometimes you'll have to wait a little while to get it. But again, I never have a shortage of books uh, to read. I also think that my personal library, I went through and I gave away lots of books that I had uh, collected over the years. And so I view my personal library now as kind of like a resource library. I keep my absolute favorite books, a lot of uh, nonfiction books, and then some of my, you know, favorite books as far as novels go. And then that way I can go back and look at them if they have a lot of great quotes, but then also I can lend them out to other people. Um, Social media can give you some great recommendations for your next read. I'm a member of of a lot of groups on Facebook. And so Uh, You know, if you are looking for a topic to read about, you can always ask a group member on there. And it's a great way to get reviews and feedback from real people. But again, uh, don't just limit yourself to novels. You can read books about any topic you're interested in, and that's sure to get you into a reading habit. On the blog, I also have a few posts about great books to read on developing habits and a strong family culture. So you can check out the blog uh, for more info on those different recommendations. Here are my top three books that I read this year. So if you are interested in um, starting your reading habit and you would like to uh, 
figure out, okay, what is a good book for me to read? Here are three that you could uh, try out. Some of these you may have already heard of, some of these you may have not heard of, um, but all of them are very good. So one of my favorite novels I've read this year, this uh, that is an older book, but is so good, is Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. So this is a book that is... Um, set in the 1800s and it takes the story of Hosea and it sets it in the 1800s. It is intense. So this is not a book that I would like get for like your 13 year old daughter. I would say probably, um, maybe 16, 18 and up because it does, you know, describe Hosea's life, especially like the prostitution and stuff, uh, that happens with, um, the wife. But it is so good and it made me cry and it is very intense, but it's a book that affirms like the message of the gospel too. And I've heard Francine Rivers' other books are really good. I haven't read any of hers yet. I just read this book this year. And again, I think it's over 20 years old, uh, but it is very good. So I'd recommend that one. That's Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers. The next one I would recommend is Desperate by Sally Clarkson and Sarah May. So I love Sally Clarkson. I mentioned her before on the podcast. Desperate is a great book for gospel-centric parenting and grace-filled mothering. So it's going to inspire you to build a home that shows God to your children. I talked about this book on the podcast on homemaking, which was episode six. But this is a great book if you're looking for, you know, if you're a mom and you want a book to read that's going to motivate you to create a home that you've always wanted, especially a home that shows God to your kids, this is the book that I would read. It was very good um, and very real as well. Um, And then the last book is The Shallows by Nicholas Carr. So I talked about this book quite a bit on the last podcast, but it is very good. And it will also motivate you to change. Like as soon as you read it, you're going to want to spend less time on your phone, uh, less time on screens. So this is a book that will kind of change the way that you relate to technology. It is very good and very deep and very thoughtful. So what are some goals that you have for reading this year? Do you have a favorite book that you read in the past year? You can head on over to Instagram or Facebook to join in the conversation. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to help others find the show. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and I hope you'll join us next week. Thanks so much for joining me at a more beautiful life collective podcast. I hope you go and create a life you love and cultivate your heart for God. I'm Casey Fletcher, and I hope you join me next week.